0: What a marvelous morning it already has been. Amen? Having the opportunity to witness a couple of baptisms and then joining together with this wonderful worship and praise, hearing a little bit about some of the things that we're striving to do, uh, hearing that good word from Troy. Thank you very much, brother, for those, those words. And now we get to, to think about who we are, what God is calling us to be and to do. Uh, Perry, I especially love that scripture reading. And as we read that scripture, there's a line that jumped out at me this week that I love. It's kind of a a declarative statement. It's where the Lord said this, see, I am doing a new thing. That's what God says to us today. God says he is doing a new thing. And the question is, will we live into that? The question is, will we hear that and with, with spiritual eyesight, see all the things that God is doing among us? And as we read that passage, it reads the same whether we're in Babylon or Lebanon. It reads the same whether we're sitting here in this beautiful congregation or whether we're in captivity as the people were that Isaiah was addressing. But I must confess, as I read this text this past week, it was just a little bit confusing to me. As I read this section of scripture, there's a verse before this one that that to me is interesting. Verse 18, the Lord says this, forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. Now, that makes sense to me if he's talking about a negative past. You see, we know how that a, a negative past can impact our future. And we know that there are a lot of people that kind of have this negative background, this negative past, and as a result of that, they can't get past it. They, they can't, their future is, is severely diminished. It's the woman whose husband cheats on her. And so she vows to herself after she goes through just a horrible, very painful divorce. She vows to herself she will never again trust another man. She will never again marry. And so now she becomes bitter, bitter. And angry her past is negatively impacting her future or it's the two brothers who are in business to, business together and one of the brothers was unscrupulous and undisciplined the business failed and the honest brother says i will never talk to him again and so for the past 20 years they've they haven't talked to one another it's the past that severely diminishes the future or how about this there are churches all over the place who go through one split after another and outsiders look at these sorts of churches and they go it seems like they're fighting and feuding over things that really the world doesn't really doesn't seem to be all that big or all that important they're kind of small things and yet because the church can't get along they're fighting and feuding so much because they can't get along their fear their future is severely diminished they they're not able to gain momentum in traction. There are churches like that all over the place. See, this makes sense to us. We read this passage, forget the former things, don't dwell on the past, if he's talking about a negative past. But the picture that God wants us to think about in the couple of verses before, in verses 16 and 17 of this passage, he's not describing something negative. It's a picture of a time not when the people of God experience defeat. It's not the moment when, when Israel went into some kind of idolatry. You know, that happens all over the Old Testament. But, but what he's alluding to in verses 16 and 17 isn't that. What he's alluding to in those verses is that moment found in Exodus chapter 14. Where Moses is leading the people out of Egyptian bondage. And they're going across the Red Sea, and there, there's Moses. His hands are outstretched. And God sends this mighty east wind that blows across. And suddenly there's this wall of water on the right, and wall of water on the left. And the children of Israel they go walking on dry land. And as they get to safety, the, the Egyptians come after them. Their chariots and horses and charioteers, they they come after the, the children of Israel. And suddenly God causes the the water to fall in on them. The picture that that God through Isaiah wants us to see is a moment of victory. It's a moment when, when God led the people out of the wilderness. And so we read this passage that says, forget the former things, don't dwell on the past. And yet this is a positive past. But here's the truth, just like we can get stuck in a negative past, brothers and sisters, we can get stuck in a positive past. And so we begin to say to ourselves, well, I know God did great things in the past, but, but you know, God doesn't work like that now. Oh, I know God blessed us back there, but I'm not sure he can do that in the future. And just like churches get stuck in a negative past, there are a lot of churches that can't think any further than their positive past. There are are some churches that have kind of a spiritual nostalgia about them. And they can't imagine God doing something more. And we we, we become prisoners of our positive past. But here's the truth. You see, the same God who did amazing things in the past, by his power, will and can do even greater things in the future. It's like God is saying to us in this text, he's saying to the people of Israel, remember that moment when I led you out of bondage? You remember that moment when you had that wall of water on the right, wall of water on the left, and you walked free? Do You remember that moment you ain't seen nothing yet? I've got even greater things in store for you. It's not the idea that we need to forget the past. Oh, not at all. We look to the past and are so thankful for those who've gone before. We're thankful for the faith and prayers and all the wonderful things that happened in our past. But as we look to the past, we know the same God that blessed us back then, he's going to bless us in the future. I know right now it feels still, in many ways, like we live in a wilderness. Wilderness is a place where we can get lost, a place that seems alien, a a, a culture that doesn't share our values, a place of disorientation. But this passage says God is making a way for us in the wilderness. I'm making a way in the wilderness. And then he said there will be streams in the wasteland. Just like when you understand that In this wasteland, it's a desert place. Not a lot grows there, but he says, I'm making streams in the wasteland. God says, I'm going to make things grow and flourish. The point is that we look to God who's going to do great things for us in the future. He's already doing marvelous things. We've seen that already this morning as, as a couple of folks Confess their faith in Jesus, and were baptized into Christ. And what God is inviting all of us into, he's inviting us into a new season. Hear these good words afresh. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. And then he says, do you perceive it? He's asking us, can you see it? Do you perceive it? Now, one of the things that we did in our vision process that Troy has already alluded to is the fact that uh, we sat down and we, we had all these conversations with a number of you and others of you uh, did the online survey and we heard a lot of things that Troy uh, reported back. And then as a, as a leadership group, we sort of began processing through all of that. And one of the things we did at the very beginning is we said, well, our mission doesn't change. That stays the same. Our mission is about making and nurturing disciples of Jesus. If anything, we want to double down on that that mission. Not only do we want to be a serving church, but we want to be a disciple-making church. Not only are we concerned about folks already here, but also we want to have a vision for people who who are not here yet. So our mission stays the same. But then, we began hearing some themes, some ideas that began to emerge And we began to see, well, these are some things that we will call our values. I'm going to invite Van Cluck, uh, one of our elders who is uh, the chairman of the uh, elders for this year. I'm going to ask Van to come up, and he and I would like to just have a a little conversation about these these seven values that we saw that began to emerge, uh, things that we see are very important to us. As Van and I talked this past week, we said, you know, these aren't the only things that are important, but certainly these are things that are very significant and very important to us. so Van, talk to us a little about that, a bit about that very first value and its love.
1: Yeah, that uh, the <clears> first <throat> thing that emerged, this whole sense of love God, love others, uh, as simple as that sounds, uh, living into that can be hard. And we thought it's important that we remind each other regularly that That's what we're called to do. That's who we're called to be. We're called to love God and to love others. And through that love, we think incredible things are going to happen.
0: Absolutely. In fact, Jesus said, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. And so we are known for that, and we want to continue to be known for that. The other thing is grace. You know, um, one of the things I appreciate so much about about College Hills and about our history uh, is that this is a place where you can find a second chance. Uh, as I like to say, we want to be a church you run to when you have difficulties, not run from. Because there are churches all over the landscape that you, if you have a struggle, if you have a, a sense of brokenness, you don't want to be anywhere near that church. We, we want to be a kind of church for broken people. And so we're the kind of church that, that expresses grace and second chances to one another.
1: Yeah, and, and having a past that has been full of examples of that, mm-hmm. but also looking forward and saying that's who we want to continue to be because we have benefited all of us everyone here has been blessed by the grace of god through jesus christ and we want to continue that focus and another area where we want to continue to focus really is as a church that is known for our service
0: that's right yeah you know i I, as we look at our past and some of the ways that we have you know reached into our community that's what people tell me all the time I, i feel so blessed to have an opportunity to be a minister here people in the community all the time will say to me i appreciate the way you're helping in this area or that area you know when you do that school store thing i just love that and i think that's something we want to continue to do
1: yeah it's it is a it is a real blessing to be a part of a church that knows and understands that we are called to serve and through that service we are reflecting the love of christ into the world yes every day
0: in another word another Value is, is the idea of belonging, and when I think of belonging, I think of family, uh, that we're not, this is not just a place we show up once a week and, and have service. Uh, we're brothers and sisters of one another, and, and we want to be the kind of place that you can experience family, All and our family is large and diverse, and, and we're different ages and stages, different races, different kinds of people, all coming together in Jesus' name to uh, to join together and experience what God wants us to experience.
1: And and this one really came up over and over again in our conversations with the congregation as we talked to people about not only the sense of belonging that they have found at the College Hills Church, but a longing to see that grow, Mm -hmm. a longing to make space for others to belong and be a part of true Christian community coming together as we serve together, as we work together, as we live and love together. Amen. So the next one, uh, the, really the next two, uh, first of all, let me say, these are in no particular order other than the fact that they kind of line up nicely with a little edge there uh, <laughs> as, you, as you go down. But over and over again, again in our conversations, we heard from you and believe with all of our hearts that it is important not only for us to be a Bible based church, but that we talk about that, that we say it out loud, that we speak those words, that we believe the word of God and we are seeking to follow his will for our lives that is revealed to us through his word.
0: Yes, and I think this is especially important as we're part of a culture, as I mentioned just a moment ago, we feel like we're in this desert place. We're part of this culture that's more and more sort of alien, maybe, to spiritual values. And so we need a sense of rootedness in Scripture, or we're going to be bowled over by the culture. And so, and so we want to make sure that, that we're, our preaching and teaching is, is rooted in, uh, in Scripture. And the next one is Christ-centered. Um, you know, as we, we look at Scripture, we understand the Old Testament is anticipating the Messiah. In Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we have a picture of Jesus— And then in Acts to Revelation, after Jesus has already gone to the cross and was raised and then ascended after 40 days to go be with the Father, we're looking forward to Jesus coming back again. And so we're going to be a a church of Christ. We're going to be a Christ-centered church that lifts Christ up and magnifies Him. I think that's very important.
1: And again, this was one that... We we talked about saying, well, isn't that obvious? Isn't that obvious that that's what we want to be? The College Hills Church of Christ wants to be Christ-centered. But again, we want to declare that to the world. We want the world to hear that we as a body are centered on Christ Jesus as Lord. And in everything we do, we want to talk about that first of all. That's right. The last one, the last of these seven, is multi-generational. That one of the things that we really value as a part of being a part of this family is the diversity of generations that can come together in one place, love each other as family, serve together, walk together, learn from each other, be changed and transformed into the very likeness of Jesus because we're together.
0: Amen. So I'm looking around this room today, and I'm seeing people of all ages and stages, and that is a healthy thing. We don't desire to be a church only of 20-year-olds or only of 80-year-olds. We want to be a church where we have multi-generations, and as, as Van said, a place where I think we can learn and grow. Um, there's something that we learn from our you know, younger folks, I mean the energy and life and creativity that comes from our, uh, the younger generations, and the stability and the, the wisdom that comes from older generations. The beauty of the body of Christ is it's not just one generation. Yeah. It's multi generational
1: And we watch churches that have become less than multi-generational, and we see what happens when that occurs. And we long mm-hmm. For the body here to continue to embrace and value all everyone and learn from and embrace each other amen so the question comes up then where do we really go from here what happens from here as Kevin says we affirmed our mission to make and nurture disciples of Christ we have talked about and learned from each other These things that we really value. But then beyond that, what happens? What are we going to do? Well, the elders have commissioned three groups to work on specific assignments as it relates to an emerging vision. A vision that is coming to life. And you're going to hear more about that actually over the next three weeks. Over the next three weeks, you will hear from each of these groups about their specific work and the things that we will be focused on as new and exciting initiatives emerge from their work. So the first one really relates to something that we have successfully been able to do, but we heard over and over again: let's continue to make this a point, a point of emphasis, and that is our children student and family ministry, that we want to continue to be a body that encourages those ministries in great ways because it impacts the faith of all of us. It impacts everyone as we work and serve together. So next week, we'll be hearing from from and about our task force that is helping us vision new and exciting ways that we can work on children, students, and family ministry. Then the next week, we'll look at the next one, which is cultivating deeper community for all stages and uh, for all ages and stages of life. Christian community. Help us build together a community of people that longs to be together. As Kevin said, not just once a week. We love our gathering once a week when we come together but who wants to be together regularly. In the book of Acts, we hear about the church coming together every day. Well, why do they do that? They came together to encourage each other in their walk with Jesus. We want to be that kind of people. And so the following week, we'll be hearing from a group who's focused on helping us build deeper community community for every age. And then the third week in our series, we're going to be talking about how do we create opportunities for more leaders within the framework of our church? Because as God starts moving, continues moving in the College Hills Church, we're going to need more and more and more leaders for everything that he is going to start showing us for everything that he is calling us to do so it's going to be an exciting three weeks but beyond that it's really just the very beginning of an exciting new season for the college hills church
0: hey thank you very much Van. would you show your appreciation to van thank you so much So as Van said, today is just the beginning. We um, are looking forward to developing some actionable kinds of of, uh, statements that we'll be making and plans that we'll be making. You'll be hearing more about that uh, in the the coming weeks. Um, A few moments ago, we read a verse that's really kind of significant we'll put up on the screen, where, where God said to Israel and is saying to us, see, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up, do you not perceive it? And so you may be wondering, so how do we respond to a sermon like this? Two ways to respond. The first is this. Johnny Markham's going to come in a little bit, and he's going to uh, talk to, a, to you about a bag we're giving to every family. And one of the items in that bag is a box of seeds. They're beautiful wildflowers. And how we're, what we're asking you to do is take those seeds home and plant those. And as you see these beautiful wildflowers, these various colors begin to grow then you're going to be reminded that God is, in fact, doing a new thing. It is already springing up. And then he asks that question, do you not perceive it? The other way you may respond is this way. You may be in this space today and you're saying, I I need to respond publicly. I need to be baptized or maybe you have some other need we can help you with today. As is our tradition, we're going to stand and sing a song of encouragement. And if you have something we can help you with, if, uh, if you desire for God to do a new thing in your heart, we would love to pray with you and help you with that. Come as we stand and as we sing this song.